Bomb Team. Head back to base for debriefing and Welcome to a very special episode of Debriefing and Cocktails, ladies and gentlemen. I am, as always, joined by my loyal comrade and compatriot, Sir J.O. Lugo. How are you, sir? Hello, sir. I'm fantastic. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Now, what makes this episode so special, ladies and gentlemen, is that we have a... Another Bond fan here, longtime friend, longtime listener of the podcast. Some know him as Tommy the Finger, as Jadon, as Senor Lopez, but I affectionately know him as Jordan Hillhouse. How are you doing, my friend? And I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, I am so good. I'm ashamed that you know about the Tommy the Finger days, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't even know about the Tommy the Finger days. Well, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. Think something like a Finger Bang from South Park. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, gentlemen, what are we? Jordan, you you get special privilege on this. What what are we here to talk about today? Why are you here? Well, because I uh, I like a lovely view, and um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figured we might as well enjoy this view together. And, of course, I'm talking about a view to a kill. Uh, I feel like, Jordan, and maybe I've made this made this history more canon in my head than it actually is. I'm under the impression you and I have, a, have or had a good enjoyment of a view to a kill because of Christopher Walken. D- does that hold canon to you? It does, but I watched it recently, and my my thoughts kind of changed on it. Oh, oh, me too. Because <laughs> this is definitely one of the few Bond movies that, uh, of especially of the older ones, like pre-Golden Eye, and even kind of pre-Dalton stuff, that I always had a fond memory of. It, it's this, The Man with the Golden Gun, and... Goldfinger. Goldfinger, of course, just being one of the more preferred ones in all of them anyway. But I think the other two, A View to Kill, Man with the Golden Gun, that's more of a personal preference. But I'm glad to see this movie now when I'm a little older and my tastes have changed. So, yeah, nostalgia was kind of holding this up a little bit. I'll have to have to admit Sergio, what did you give us your quick elevator of it? What did you what did you think of it? Since you're the one who hadn't seen it before at all. So I was expecting complete dog shit, considering Roger Moore was like 107 years old playing James Bond right. here. Right, minus uh, 50, but yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that. Um. 
but most of it is pretty forgettable. Yeah. And I, and I don't know that forgettable is necessarily bad. It's not a positive, but forgettable is not so much as bad to me. Um, Jordan, what do you think of it in your on your second viewing now? Well, I or additional viewing. I didn't love it um, the yeah. first time. I, I thought it was uh, one of the weaker ones, and um, I thought Roger Moore just you know th- he he's old in this. Like he is pretty old in this, and it shows. Yeah. And he was doing it for a while, and I, I've heard. Um, I think he says that this is his least favorite, or was his least favorite movie really so, dude moonraker's yeah. in that list what what does he mean right yeah. um he was i guess he was younger and had more fun um with that but um he's i don't know it it doesn't it's it's really cheesy and i always thought it was cheesy but i, I did kind of like it a little more when i saw it a couple days ago mm. okay uh, as I said, nostalgia definitely held this movie up a little bit for me, uh, but not not so bad. It's I, I think my bigger criticism of the movie is just being more critical of movies kind of these days, in case anyone isn't familiar with how I look at some of this stuff. For for example, I had such a weird relationship with uh understanding mayday in the movie to some degree i liked grace jones as the character even though she's kind of a has some weird mannerisms like when she tries to snap at christopher walken while they're tra- where they're uh doing martial arts with each other mm-hmm. but they at one point they show they just show mayday being this inc- this very very strong character for especially for a woman and just as a person as a whole really sex aside and it just feels inconsistent and that kind of an- that always will annoy me a little bit when a, a character shows great strength or great tr- skill or trait and then in other cases they just don't seem to have it anymore <laughs> uh that's some well, shit that get that some, out of the way. Just get that out of the way. Get that out of the way. And I don't think this is some read shit. I think this is more humorous. And I wonder if both of you saw this. And Sergio, I talked to you about one of these two things. I I didn't really notice it right away, but you can really see Roger Moore stunt double in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no, guy stands you, out. You can you can really see Roger Moore a couple of times in this movie. <laughs> like Roger Moore's stunt double clearly had blonder hair than him. <laughs> and a completely different face. Yeah. I, and I think a little younger. <laughs> like when he's in the, uh, the half car, when he's dr- doing the half car driving scene and he's just making one or two, one or two turns, you can just, the stunt double's just there. You I mean, you see him pretty plainly when he jumps on top of the elevator going down from the Eiffel Tower, you just blatantly see him. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, like, wow, I don't remember these being this overt. But okay. Well, you also have to remember that when these were shot, the there was never the thought, hey, these are going to be available in 4K 50 years from now. Oh, do you, do you think they kind of rested on that idea that 
current technology, these the these scenes they look blurrier or less visible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I wouldn't uh, would not have known that. I mean, I, I get it, and I do remember kind of TV being a little fuzzier way back in the day, but just the same, I still think you'd notice something like that. Um. One other weird little cut that they had, and I wonder if you actually saw this, Sergio, when I was telling you about it. When, so at one point in the movie, what's his name? Zorin and Mayday start becoming suspicious of Bond while he's staying with them, bidding on the horses. And they think he's up to something. They don't know. Mayday happens to remember that she got chased by him a couple of days ago. Um, but Bond ends up in her bedroom to try and lower some suspicion on himself. So Mayday goes in. She's about to do the do with him. He's already in the bed. She's getting in the bed. Bond lifts up the the comforter. And he so and the only way I could frame this, because I couldn't really think of a way to do it, was he's holding it at, say, like a 90-degree angle. And then she starts getting into the bed. And during that transition, you can see for about half a second he's holding it at like a 95 degree angle and then goes back to a 92 degree or 90 degree angle and it just it's just a weird little edit or cut yeah it was sloppy like that that like that just makes me think that they didn't have the coverage to make that 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 a clean cut mm. uh because it's very obvious that he lifts up the blanket they cut like it's basically a jump cut is what it is mm. uh and in I know it's a Bond he, movie, like a major motion picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a jump cut in a Bond movie, but, like, we... Oh, shit, I lost my train of thought, but... It but is yeah, sloppy, I, though. It's very... It's, it's, it's real sloppy, yeah, because, like, all they would have had to do is cut to a different angle and then cut back. Like, that's 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 how you cover that up. Right, and, and don't you commonly have more than one angle in, in a lot of shots? For mm-hmm. that reason, yeah, okay. Uh, but it's it's definitely just funny to see those little things in such a big budget movie, and and I don't know, you know, maybe that kind of stuff happens more than I think it does in modern movies, but I can't remember the last modern movie that had such a had these little noticeable things like that. Dude, well, when it, when they do, they get picked apart. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. And like, so they're a little more careful about them. And I guess you, you're spending more money on them now. But I mean, a James James Bond movies always, I would think, would be one of the highest budget movies every year, no matter what year. Yeah. yeah. And, and and like today, if you fuck up and have a jump cut, you just fix it in you know with with editing and with CG. Like you can work your way around it now. Uh, back then, you know, you you shoot what you need to shoot, and if you think you have the shot you need, and the shot you need doesn't work out like it did, and you have to cut in a previous shot, you're kind of it's kind of got you by the balls because you're not mm-hmm. going to do a reshoot for one shot. Well, but does the multiple angle cam- the multiple cameras at different angles not cover what you just said? They don't usually do multiple cameras though. Oh, okay. I thought you guys said they did. No, well, no, no, no. They do. They do multiple angles. Yeah, yeah. But not with multiple cameras. So they'll like oh, they'll shoot see. the whole scene in in one ang- angle, and then they'll shoot the whole scene in another angle, 
and mm-hmm. then they'll use what they need so they can cut back and forth. Yeah, if there's like an explosion or a building being demolished, they'll have multiple cameras in multiple angles. But for just your run-of-the-mill stuff, they're not. And something like that, that was a two-person scene in a bedroom. Yeah. It's They just have one camera on that one. Yeah. I'm sure. What did we think of Christopher Walken as Zorin? As the bad guy. Can I go first? Can I go yes. first? Yeah, please. I fucking loved him. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he, like, he wasn't like full on walking, you know? No, he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, this was very early career before he developed his own brand of. Yeah, his own business. Yeah. Uh, but the scene where he's, he has the gun and he's just shooting the motherfuckers in the water. Uh, oh, in the mine? In the, the mine? Yeah, yeah. I was cackling. It was so funny. The faces he was making and the enjoyment yeah. the character was getting out of it. I I think that was the only... So the one, one thing that stuck with me about the character, it, kind of in general, was they kept calling him, uh, you know, a psychopath. Bond kind of says it. And the character, one character calls him that. General um, Google. I always want. I always have to pause and think about it because I always want to say Google, but that's not it. <laughs> but uh, General Google calls him a psychopath, and I thought it was such a funny thing that most of the things he does that he kind of gets pointed at and saying he's a psychopath, while maybe are technically true, he's literally just doing what every Bond villain should have been doing the entire fucking franchise trying to kill his ass. He, but he wasn't clearly wasn't trying hard enough. Maybe he wasn't trying hard enough, but at least he put some effort. He wanted that to happen and told people to do it. Like when, when they're doing the horseback racing and he's doing the booby traps on bond. Yeah. He's kind of fucking with him there. Sure. But Bond gets out, out of the situation a little bit, and they all just crowd around him and take him, right? And they knock him out and dump him in a lake. And they sit there and watch and wait for him to see if he comes up to kill him, if he does. And then I think this something similar like that happens later where they catch him. He's just like, kill him! You know, he, he's not fucking around with him. He's not strapping him to a table and putting a laser up to him. He is, though. Oh, okay. Why, why do you say that? Well, there, there was a, a sequence where he they literally killed his partner, like the, the, the dude in the car. Yeah. And in, instead of just killing Bond, they took him hostage and then put him somewhere and Bond escaped. Yeah, that that's the pushing him into the lake thing. They they got him at the car. Mm-hmm. They caught up to him at, uh, at the car after the horse track. And, then, and then later in the movie, they push him into a fucking elevator and don't kill him. Okay, now hold on. On that one? <laughs> hold on. Ho- wait a minute, Wait's sir. Okay, okay. What are we waiting for? I want you to, at the very least, in my defense of this, of my what I'm saying about this character and his actions, that's some fucking quicksand-like fire in that scenario. Do you not agree? That shit isn't how fire works. What does that have to do with this? He should be dead by all realistic context. But if 
still, if your argument is he's not getting the fucking job done, then my statement stands. My argument is, is he's actually putting in a little effort and trying to kill him. Yes, it does have a little bit of an extra step, murder with an extra step, so to speak. But he is actively trying. He's not just leaving him in a room unoccupied. We're like, ah, nah, he'll, nah, the sharks will eat him for sure, dude. They'll, they'll definitely get him. The room's going to collapse in five minutes and he'll die for sure. I, I, I would argue it's the exact same situation. Oh. It's exactly the same. Unless you see that motherfucker stop breathing, you're not doing the job right. I mean, I don't I don't disagree. I mean, a gun to the head, bullet to the head is definitely one and done. Yeah. My additional point to all of this is they don't really earn the psychopath so much. They're trying to really frame him up as this mentally unhinged person. And I don't feel like he's really any different or that much different than any other villain for the most part. Until that scene that you talked about in the mine, where he's right, getting right. this lethal joy out of murdering these these workers, then I'm like, okay, yeah, you're, yeah, okay, all right, I buy it now. Yeah, yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, Jordan, what what do you think on any of that? So the last um, uh, episode I was on, we talked about license to kill. And they had an excellent uh, villain, Um, one that you didn't have to like when they told you he was a psychopath, you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Thanks for telling me that. Like, (laughs) I didn't know that before. Uh Um, I kind of agree um, with you on this one, Reed. I I think they're just hyping him up a little much. And he he is not Christopher Walken yet. He he's not that quirky guy yet. Uh-huh. Um, so I I just I I did not dig him as the uh, villain honestly. Yeah, and and I can kind of I, I like the way you kind of put that. I I don't think he plays a particularly great villain in this movie. I did th- me personally. I do think he's memorable. He's just quirky enough whether that's a good thing or a bad thing but i think he and mayday are quirky enough that that they both m- lasted to me this whole time well, i've never forgotten about zoran and mayday we we can talk about this in a second i i actually uh on my most recent viewing i really dug mayday but i will say for zoran um i liked his uh, outfits and I liked yeah. uh, his hair. His hair hair game was on point. Yeah, yeah. agreed. But yeah. Um, so it was weird seeing him with blonde hair. But um, I don't know. I just I felt like they were really hyping him up. Like, oh, he's this terrible guy. Well, show us how terrible. And the mind scene is like psychotic. That is that's pretty violent. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the most violent thing to happen in a Bond movie up to that point, if not the whole time i mean it's just cruel <laughs> yeah i guess it depends on how you want to look at it because i do i would maybe say the felix lighter scene in license to kill is pretty pretty bad oh where they feed him to a shark yeah yeah and they don't if i recall they don't 
terribly shy away from, like I'm sure they'd shy away from the the literal, but I think they don't shy away really from it as much. Uh, what did we think about the Bond girl in this one, Stacy Sutton? Oh, you mean T- Tanya Roberts? <laughs> oh, okay. She, what what's going on there, buddy? You know this, you know her name. A, she's a doll, man. She's she, so attractive. And she nice. is. Her. I I don't really get to say this much because I don't. I really don't end up seeing it too often. Those eyes. Oh my god. Yeah, she, what a yeah. captivating woman. <laughs> captivating. She, uh, ended up I felt like she didn't do anything, though. That's, that's true. I felt like they, they just kind of uh, had her as a pretty face. I feel like she could have done a little more. Agreed. Agreed. She died this year. Did you know that? Yes, I was looking that up. Uh, mm-hmm. And she was on that 70s show. Yeah, yeah. She played the, the idiot neighbor wife. The idiot neighbor wife. Yeah, yeah, the the neighbor's idiot wife. There we go on a that seventy show. I'm gonna have to look her up. I hadn't looked too far into who she was. So, uh, fun fact about her, I guess not just her, but a Roger Moore fact too. Um, he was older than her mom when they shot the movie. That's fucking great. Like, I guess they were like talking, and then he found that out, and he was like, "Oh, this this is gross." Yeah, it, and it all – it definitely help, doesn't help that they have their introductory scene to each other where he's on the bridge speaking to her, and she's kind of acting cold to him. And he's like, hello, my name is Smythe, Sinjin Smythe. I'm English. It's like, oh, okay. And then Mayday swoops in and gets her out of there for, for different reasons. But it's like, yeah, let me save you from this old creeper up, that's coming up on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. And she she does start out with a little promise to me in the, you know the first scene or so, uh, where you don't know too much about her and she hasn't really gotten to do very much. So I'm kind of like, okay, this woman might be interesting. She's not falling for Bond's nonsense. So you know, we'll see what happens. But as soon as they attack her later, like she turns it. Whatever I might have thought about Goodnight being a buffoon or Tiffany Case being a buffoon, this version of these Bond girls is the worst. Like once they once she's just relegated to being saved or helpless, I cannot stand her. (laughs) All her fucking raspy wailing. James! James! That did not bother me at all. Hate it. I want you to know, Reed, that's going to be your new new text (laughs) on every time. (laughs) I'll send you a recording of it or something if you want Uh, to. Jordan! (laughs) Hey, hey, Reed, I don't know if you know this. We're recording this. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Look at that, Jordan. We're, We're saving you time. Thanks I love for coming it. on debriefing and cocktails. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely could not stand this. She was so insufferable on the last half of the movie. I'm with you. I, yeah, you first see her and you're like, oh wow, like total smoke show. Yeah, and then, she's stunning. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> then you're like, oh, she doesn't really have much of a personality after this. 
Yeah, like she has the pretty minimal development just to give her the motivation to be joining, to be in the same room as Bond along the way. And, I mean, of course, you know, I guess she really does actually kind of join the club of buffoonery of these characters that they get made into where I, I don't know if any of if either of you gentlemen have seen a little movie called Jurassic Park Uno in, in that movie there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex and in most of the scenes that he's part of or going to be part of he creates miniature baby earthquakes anytime he's coming around and the water shakes and all this stuff it's heard 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 of course and then later in the movie he just sneaks up on the other characters right but we're not here to come so it's really it's a little inconsistent on how the dress on the t-rex works that's not what we're here for to bitch about today though <laughs> this this fine bright-eyed lady right here is similar to these characters in jurassic park where apparently zeppelins don't make noise Right. I, I, I was going to bring that up. How the fuck does a blimp sneak up on someone? <laughs> right? Like, this is not saying you can't capture her. This is saying, please make it worth and or, or earn it just a, just a little bit. Don't just say, ah, it happens. She just doesn't realize it. What do you mean? <laughs> It's another moment that I just laughed out loud. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, this, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and then, oh god, it's so bad. I just see that, and I think it's so bad. And and it comes off of, funny enough, this scene of nonsense comes right off, just about right off the back of what I thought was actually one of the better scenes in the whole movie is is Mayday giving herself up to get rid of the bomb. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. really, really liked that. I, you know, maybe they don't earn it quite as well, and in a and this is more of a in a vacuum. It's a great scene to me, but it's it's really good. She realizes what's who she's been working for. He's an asshole. You know, maybe she realizes it very quickly and all, but okay. And then she's willing to give her life to one to stick it to him, and two. Just because she thinks that's what she needs to do, or what you know, whatever you might think her reasons are, but that was, that was really good to me. I enjoyed seeing that. Makes her not nearly as bad of a character as you you could have initially thought her as. But yeah. was there any particular scene that stood out to you guys in this one at all? Good or bad? Right. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go ahead and say this, like the, the action sequences I enjoyed. Yes, there's uh, several that are really good. I really liked the uh, I swear to God, if either of you say the w- one sequence, I'm going to be just flippant. The, the 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 fire truck sequence. I mean, that's real dumb, but OK, that's yeah, fine. I, yeah, like that, that one was fine. that one was real fast and furious. So I, I was I was <laughs> on board. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. The, the like the the sequence with the blimp as dumb as certain things in that w- were like uh I end? was kind of captivated are you talking about the end yeah the end yeah I, I thought that was you're talking about like on the uh, Golden Gate Bridge like where they're doing all that yeah, yeah. Just, sorry I'm just I'm having trouble remembering it but yeah I thought that was a cool that was actually a neat little set piece 
too. Yeah. Um, and it, th- this one was real stupid. But I enjoyed it because it was fun and stupid. It was the like the, uh, the, the 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 snowboarding scene at the beginning? Well, oh, you yeah. said it was stupid. Because that was definitely the scene I was pointing at, saying if you if you say this one, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bothered. Oh no no no! Like I I can look at it and say this is real stupid and 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 dumb, but as soon as they start playing that Beach Boys song. In the middle of the action sequence, just to, to to say, oh look, he's surfing, is like that's the point where I was like, okay, they get how dumb this is. They understand the movie they're making. Oh, it didn't have to be though. That scene was perfectly fine, and the I actually thought the the soundtrack playing for it was. I personally liked it myself. I thought it was like this. You know, the, this is some run of the mill Bond shit, but I, you know, I like this music that's going with it. This is good. And then this motherfucker comes over the hill, and fucking Beach Boys are playing. And I'm like, oh my, what do you got? Why? Why, <laughs> why did you do this to have your stupid ass laugh when within like two or three minutes you're gonna have a, a an iceberg submarine pop its hatch with a British flag underneath it? Why do you have to have these back to back stupid jokes? Because it's still Ugh. like a, a a hokey Bond movie. The, yeah, this is absolutely a hokey. This is in that hokey era. I guess yeah. you're right. Yeah, right. and I can't deny and, that one. And and I feel like with Roger Moore, the hokiest of the the Bond, the James Bond actors, it's kind of expected at this point. Like it, it like in his very last movie, you kind of have to lean into his tropes. Because you could you could like in an alternate universe, this movie has Timothy Dalton in it and it takes a bit of a more serious turn or tone and it might actually be a better movie. But there are certain things you have to change for that to work. Mm -hmm. And 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 I I just kind of want to want to want to go ahead and, and, and talk about something because it's on my mind right now. Like, okay. In, in this movie, like the odd man out is Roger Moore, because there's For a sure. lot of really attractive, sexy people and concepts, and there's like the soundtrack is absolutely on point, and the opening sequence is is cool. The opening song, you know, the the you know the the intro with the music, I'm like, yeah. man, oh, I, this movie's gonna fucking rock, and then this old man pops his head up. I'm like, oh, oh, we're still having to cater to this guy. Yeah, and and it's, it is really kind of sad that there are some things going on in this one, like you said. And I would I would like to look a little. I'm gonna have to look a little more into this for some for next time, even though it won't be a Roger Moore movie. But he kept trying to not do these movies a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like the last three or four were supposed to be his last ones. Well, same with the Daniel Craig. Okay, I'm not. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. But he was like very vocal about he not just that he didn't want to do him right. He he just didn't like the character either. Is that right? I I, I think so. But I mean, I think he liked the character, but, you know, like the writers kind of screwed him a lot, too. Like like it wasn't him just coming up with those um, cringy ass uh, puns. 
on his own, you know, like mm. someone gave him a script and paid him to say that. So, oh, man. Come I think, on, that's, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of James Bond, though, to me. It, I mean, it is. And I I think Roger Moore is uh, one of my favorite Bonds because of that. But I, I do think they could have got around the whole old thing if they had brought it up. But I don't think Roger Moore would have been cool with that. What do you mean no. brought it up? Like, like they pointed they it out in the, it up in the movie. Like, what's your old ass going to do? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're old enough yeah. to be my grandfather. You know, what are you doing hitting on me? It, it is interesting about you, you say that. This reminds me that in the previous movie that we watched, uh, Octopussy, they have Money Penny get a secondary person in her office, like a se- another secretary, and they point out her age a little bit. So you think that this new younger woman is going to be take place as Money Penny, and then that character is nowhere to be seen in this movie, while she's still a bit aged in this one. So and then in Living Daylight, she's just not in it anymore. She's just gone. Yeah. yeah. Assuming she's in, it's actually been I can't remember if Money Penny is exactly in the Living Daylights or not. Well, uh, no, she's not. Well, she is, but it's a new actress because sure, like, yeah, a yeah, Bond that's like. 25 years younger. Right. Uh, um, any other standouty things to to this movie to either of you? And y'all mentioned the half car. I like that. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jordan. I, I, mean, I can't. And I think that's where you really see the stunt man. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Like it's it's just not Roger Moore, like at all. (laughs) Like there's no like suspension of disbelief. It's like, okay, this is a different character I haven't seen before. (laughs) He wasn't even on set that day. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know he wasn't on set during the uh and you can see it with some of the uh like green screen, might have even been blue screen effects back then, but um in that opening scene. That y'all were talking about on the, uh, um, the snowboarding you know, the and all. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He he never stepped foot on a fucking mountain. That didn't happen. <laughs> and, and you can hear his grunts. So it's funny. I was thinking like, like he got paid one day to go into a studio and grunt. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a couple of quips in that too while he was skiing for. Yeah. About to die? <laughs> oh, let's make a joke. Yep. And see, some of that, I don't know. I, you, that's the writing. Right. Sure. Yeah. And it can be. That's not. That is all. That isn't always the actor. Um. One. One other thing. One a readism I, uh, that I didn't get to point out earlier was. So when Bond goes and meets Tibbet's contact in Paris. And he gets killed by the fly fishing butterfly hook. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Can, can I get a dumbass character in passing, say it was covered in poison or some shit? Because otherwise, this man died from a hook to the face. God damn it, Reed. From a fishing hook <laughs> like, to the like, face. All you have to do is 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 learn how to piece together information from incomplete information. Oh, oh! I have to do their fucking job for them. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, they shouldn't have to hold your hand through the whole fucking movie. 
you know, on some larger concepts, I'm with you. But when all you do is throw a butterfly with a fishing hook on the end of it and a guy just insta dies and there's no apparent anything, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to assume poison. I'll do your fucking job for you. But Jesus, can you just, why don't you just poison this fucking water then? Do, 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 because then it wouldn't be as cool. It's got to be cool, Reed. Are you? T- hold on. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that you think the fly fishing butterfly hooked to the cheek was cool? It's cooler than poisoning someone's drink. <laughs> hold on, let me have some water real quick. Are you fucking sure, Sergio? I'm you positive. Want- I'm absolutely positive. Okay. And, and 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 also, do you know how insulting it would be if someone muttered in the back, "Oh, it must be poisoned." Like, fuck you, I know that. I I mean, I I don't necessarily think it's insulting. I think it's doing what they're supposed to do, not like why is this why is this left to ambiguity and ambiguity? Ew. What ambiguity? This happened, he died. That's it. That's all you need to know. Sure, sure. You know, if you just want to live this fast and furious movie lifestyle, I guess so. I guess so. This is is the equivalent of, like, Bond looks at, like, a box, and on the box, there's a bomb in it, and it it hovers, the camera hovers over that box for an extra five seconds, just so you can read the, read on the box, contains giant bomb, going to explode, like, they, they write the directions on the screen for the idiots who aren't paying attention. <laughs> that's I what you're asking them to do. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's an apt comparison. Like, like if it, like this fish hook thing goes in his face and then they slowly zoom in on the fish hook and on the side of it, it says poisoned, yo. I mean, that'd be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Talk about leaning into the comedy. I'd be down for that shit. <laughs> that actually would be really funny. <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, I've never thought about that. What? The what whole the ridiculousness of the uh, fish hook thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's either poison or he just died from being stabbed by a hook. Like that's the, that's it, right? So what? And I'm not saying one is or isn't true. I'm just saying neither neither one seems good. They both seem dumb. Oh, Even see, I, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, so I, I take it you would also disagree, even though I actually have a funny thing to add to this. I assume it just doesn't mean anything to you whatsoever that Mayday doesn't almost automatically recognize Bond, given that he chased her down for, you know, we'll say 15 minutes. He, she just doesn't recognize him until like another a day later. I'm going to apologize in advance for saying this out loud, but you know all white people look the same. Hmm. Hmm. Even when they have have a stunt double coming through, like she don't. She, I, I guess maybe that's, that's yeah. Those two white people did not look the same. He looks kind of like that other guy, but the other guy was more blonde. <laughs> not as old. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think you're gonna get a pretty reasonable. If you are an assassin and running from the law or someone trying to catch you. You're going to take a pretty good sh- mental image of what they look like. This isn't just run-of-the-mill John you sat next to on the train who never did anything to you. 
that that I'll give you. Like they they could have they could have kind of padded the story and not have her see him for a, a bit longer and then her immediately recognize him. Sure. That and that actually sounds like a perfectly good way to do it. Yeah. yeah Just yeah. have her not see him for what for some reason or another until X. That one I'll give you, but the rest yeah. of this read shit. Shut up. Yeah, right. The rest <laughs> of this read shit's bullshit. Don't don't even don't even bother. <laughs> Just skip the last thirty minutes. The last five minutes are okay. <sighs> All right. I I really liked the horse plot. I really liked the. I did too. Uh, yeah. I, I I really liked the San Andreas fault plot. Uh, like I everything like in this movie like was real plot. big and stoop and gaudy. In a way that Bond movies should be. <laughs> I I think the horse stuff's kind of dumb, but yet again, that's just another. It's this. It's the same. It's definitely the trope. I th- I would feel like of Roger Moore. I might actually go look back and look and see if this is accurate. No, where Bond must investigate smaller thing, then gets drawn into bigger thing. Yep. Yep. So, you know. Okay. Classic it, Bond. Classic. Yeah. It, and it. This isn't to say it bothers me. I don't care. The horse stuff's fine. It's it seems kind of fucking dumb, but it's perfectly fine. Uh, but the, I do like the San Andreas uh, fault thing, which is kind of fun and reminiscent of Goldfinger's deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really cool. Where even the the scene, the boardroom ish scene, looks similar to his in some way, where they have the models there. He's Given a pitch to investors, he has mm-hmm. a the microchips. Yeah, microchips instead of gold. Wants to get rid of a th- one industry so his go up in value. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. So I'm confused. <clears throat> Were microchips actually manufactured in Silicon Valley in the 80s? I, I, I think don't know. So. Yeah, I think they they were, but I whether they were like. The number one, this is the only place you get this shit from. I don't know about that. And I think it was really topical because this came out in 85. Right, which, yeah. Um, whenever I think of, like, the computer days, I always think of, like, the early 80s, like the Super Bowl ad that um, Apple ran. I want to say that was 82 or 83. No, it was 1984 because they were talking about how, you know, it was a 1984 commercial. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was topical for sure. The, like just the, the reason I say that is, is because uh, there, there's a lot of precious earth metals that go into the, 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 the creation of microchips. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those are very uh, prominent on the other side of the world. You're precious. And by the eight, by 85, uh, just like they said in uh, Back to the Future, all the, the cool stuff in. is made on the other side of the planet, is in made in China or whatever. It's hard for me to believe that major manufacturing was ha- was being handled in California right there. To make the microchips, is is that it, is that like, really a- like the design of the microchips? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's more, and I can't remember if he said the word manufacture or not, but either way, if you take out Silicon Valley in 85, 
and and you're the other microchip production company, you're probably going to be in a pretty good spot. Just the same. <laughs> and, so, and 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 the Russian reasoning for not taking out Silicon Valley at the end of the movie was brilliant. What was their reason? The reason was, where are we going to get all of our computer technology? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did kind of like that. I, I feel like I would have enjoyed that being a little more of the movie or, or maybe the B plot or something. Uh, the whole he was an ex-KGB guy. Mm-hmm. But they really just do so little with it. Dude, that reminds me of one line in the movie. <laughs> And that's like uh, M is talking to Bond and he's talk, talking about Zorin. He's like, he speaks five languages with no accent. And I'm like, Christopher Walken? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's speaking like Arabic? He yeah. doesn't even speak English without an accent. <laughs> well, yeah. imagine, imagine Christopher Walken in like, Catch Me If You Can or, ten, or whatever, 10 years later, Christopher Walken. Then a character says that about him. Like, I don't know if that's true, dude. <laughs> Mr. Bond, I speak five languages. Would you like to hear them? Okay, here's, actually... a little, here's a little Spanish. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> he might be the only human who speaks negative one languages. <laughs> oh, God, I love Christmas. But that was like, that was pre- I guess the meme of Christopher Walken. It it was, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know when he became Christopher Walken. You know what I mean? Joe Dirt. But what about um Pulp Fiction? Uh, maybe yeah, because like maybe. your father gave me this watch. Yeah, Dane Coolidge. <laughs> Are we talking? Oh, is that the Saturday Night Live character? <laughs> No, that was the the dad's name. Oh, that's the impulse. Met your father, Dane Coolidge. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, it was Pulp Fiction. It was Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch that scene now. It's been so Jeez, long. It's man. so good. It's it's just it's weird. He shows up for five minutes. That's it. <laughs> oh no! That is a fucking treasure. He needs to be in every movie. He would be a really good in a Bond movie now, I think. Well, I don't know. He's I hate to sound so ageist on this, but I don't know. Like As a villain, you could be old. Maybe not Zorin, but a different character. You know, Joe Don Baker played villains in two straight movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, which one was that? Oh, the the, the rednecky guy. Yeah, the CIA guy from Goldeneye. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, he's got a distinct look and sound. He does. It definitely has so, a distinct sound. So, so oh, this this guy that looks exactly like this other guy is a completely different person. <laughs> but it's almost like Christopher Walken's a completely different person now. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think he could work as an older villain. Hmm. Because yeah. I have seen him play like mob bosses in, in the movies, and he's pretty intimidating. But what I, was he in that? What mob boss had he played? Gosh, Suicide Kings, um, mm. True Romance. He was pretty good and pretty uh, yeah, he was a mob boss 
in that he has a really good scene with, oh gosh, Dennis Hopper. Uh, it's really good. You should speaking, look at speaking of good villains. Yeah, yeah, that does sound really interesting, actually. I like um, Dennis Hopper. It, it, it doesn't take very much convincing to, te- to, to convince me that Christopher Walken would be a great villain. Like, if he walked into this room right now, I would be terrified of him. <laughs> I mean, just, oh, he was in Sleepy Hollow. He was a headless horseman. Yeah. Was <laughs> and all they did was, like, uh, make his teeth sharp. That was it. <laughs> I, I remember Seven Psychopaths being an interesting movie. Yeah, 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 he is good as a villain. I, I don't remember if he was a villain in that, but he was a neat character. Well, anyway, any other points? I do want to bring up uh, the the scene where uh, Bond and, uh, gosh, uh the girl Sutton when they're in the shower uh-huh. and Hugh spying on them. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The, what I thought was the Rocky Five ripoff robot. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, this movie came out five years before Rocky Five. Yeah, yeah. Like the, I think Rocky Four came out the same year as this. Yeah, but that that robot wasn't in that one. I don't think. I'm trying to. I don't think it was in Rocky Five though. It might have been Rocky Four. Because Rocky Five is the one where he goes and teaches a young street fighter to be a fighter. <laughs> I think it might have been Rocky Three or Four. Whatever one where like fame takes over for him. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay, it was it was Rocky Four. So that came out the same year. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> it. Go ahead. So they had. They had similar ideas for creepy robot. I guess it was just the eighties. That's that's kind of my default thing when something <laughs> weird happens. I'm like, dude, it was the eighties. They thought it was a good idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, this this movie came out a year before Short Circuit. So a lot of people were having the same ideas about robots. Yeah. Uh it should also be noted that of of course James Bond does cap the, the whole series capitalizes on stuff that has been popular in pop culture leading up to it. And there's the big scene with the police chase, right? Oh God. And it should be noted that both the blues brothers and Smokey and the bandit predate this. Mm. Wow. Okay. So it's not like they were choosing to do something new they're just like hey these movies are popular let's do a a police chase with james bond (laughs) i'll tell you this this movie had some competition in the year though with uh it's kind of a neat thing to see so rambo first blood had come out a couple years before this if i'm not mistaken or maybe it was rambo 2 came out the same year Mm-hmm. I, try, I know we can just Google it. I'm trying to do this at the same time. And I believe Back to the Future, yeah, Back to the Future came out the same year as this. Yep, yep. So this is definitely an aging franchise at this point when you start seeing these movies doing what they're, what movies are coming out around it. All right, any, anything else in this section at all, guys? No, I'm very excited to talk about the next section. So, Jordan, I'm good. I'm ready for the next one. 
All right, next section, moving on to music. That this is goddamn song, man. That damn song right there, boy. That that song right there alone puts this above like the bottom half or some shit of the, it's a good <laughs> of the rankings. You're you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. Dude, that song's a fucking bang. This might be it's easy top three best songs. Like the it this could be the, the best. I could see that. What What do you think the best is? Oh, this give, is me, the give me a minute. Go ahead, Joe. This Sergio. is the only song that could topple uh, Live and Let Die. It's the only one. Live and Let Die is a great one. I like, uh, I forget the name of it, uh, but the Chris Cornell song is pretty good. Oh, no, it's not. Which one like, is the Chris? Oh, it's bad. You know my name from what, what yeah, was it? I, I, I like Casino Royale. I like that song. I don't. I, like, I like Chris Cornell, and I don't like that. I, song. Nobody does it better. Is really good. And Golden um, Golden Eye is good, and Goldfinger is good. Yeah, yeah but, but those two are none good. of them come close. No, this one. This one's a straight up fucking banger, man. Yeah. In, in terms of mainstream playing a song and listening to it, it's this and Live and Let Die for sure. These are like yeah. probably the best two if you were just to give it out to the populace and like which and, of these songs is great. And I would say th- number three is Skyfall. You're probably right, and and that's and that's almost just because of what what it is today, right? Like the last few movies, they're finding, and I know they've always found real prominent artists and all, but they really promote these songs. It feels like since. Uh, Casino Royale, maybe, mm-hmm. and not, and maybe they did before. I, I guess I've never really looked into that. Like, did they See, promote Goldfinger? I don't know. But there are two Bond songs that have won uh, best song in the Oscar. Do you know what they are? I don't. I don't. One, know one is Skyfall. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and the other is um the the Sam Smith song. Sam from, Smith. Uh, what um I'm trying to think what movie that was from. Was that Spectre? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay, so okay. so the two newest. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's but I I just knew that it won more. I I mean because some like Live and Let Die didn't win. That that just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like like what what is my ch- read? What is my chief complaint when it comes to Bond songs? Bitches. What? No. <laughs> oh, dude, you said that was so much confidence. Too. I was like, I guess that's the correct answer. <laughs> uh, what the the slow the slow sounding songs? Yeah, like if if you're if if you are making an action movie, your song should match the tone of the movie you're making, right? Yeah. And it should pull from the culture that you're releasing the movie into. So, like, Live and Let Die was a perfect example of getting someone who is relevant to do a song that fits the movie you're making mm-hmm. like, than follow that blueprint high. like you have for the next 30 years follow that fucking blueprint and i don't feel like they did that at all until this one mm-hmm. because duran duran was fucking huge in the 80s yeah it's huge the, uh, i've heard this this song could not be more duran duran of a song <laughs> Okay. And it's upbeat. It's like it gets you hype for this movie. 
It does. Like this this song, yeah, is definitely jamming. Yeah, it does it its really job. Is. Yeah. I I'd really have to sit down and listen to whatever songs I would think are the top ones, and I I I don't know I'd really that I think that would actually be really fun to do one where we listen to like the top five or top ten or something like that that'd be really interesting because some of these songs I hadn't really listened you know so to speak uh, back to back with each other like yeah. I hadn't listened to Goldfinger then Skyfall or of Live and Let Die and Golden Eye, whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, it's still a fucking banger. Once we no finish this dumbass project, maybe we'll dive back in and look at the music specifically. Yeah, I think that like opening themes would be really interesting. And I'd, I'd like the the Living Daylights one too. But I think that one kind of piggybacked off this one. I think they kind of took a risk, you know, like the robot does not age well, but this, you yeah. know, yeah. this Duran Duran song really does. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even remember Living Daylights. I feel like it was forgettable. It was forgettable. I don't know if I said that weird the first time. <laughs> well, any other thoughts on the music? I, I mean, I really was only interested in the Duran Duran part of it, as it is the Music in the movie's fine, and they take the A View to a Kill just music and implant it in the movie fine. Actually, I was that was going to be my next note is, uh, you know, you kick the movie off with that song, and much like you know the some of the other songs, they do take the melody from A View to a Kill and mix it into the score of the of the music. So like you'll be in the middle of an action sequence, and you'll hear dun. Dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. remind me how good that song is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's funny to have seen now that I think about you, you say that it reminds me to think that Roger Moore was on MTV promoting a view to a kill mm-hmm. by Duran Duran in a commercial. I thought that's actually really neat to see. That is funny. Poor Roger Moore. Like, I think he was just over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do think they wanted Timothy Dalton original. Well, I don't know if they originally wanted. They said that they did. You know, they, they always say that with the Bond that they pick. Like, oh, he was our first choice. But yeah, well, um, whether it was I think Roger Moore wanted this at first. I I don't know. I think they what little I've looked into for it. He. He was fine not being being there, but they just wanted him back. And as far as Timothy Dalton, I don't know if it was around production or start of The Living Daylights or before, but they wanted uh, Pierce Brosnan. But yes. then he was in Remington Steel. Remington, yeah, he got due to conflicts with Remington Steel or something like that. They got Timothy Dalton. So. That one, they definitely wanted the other guy. <laughs> of all the ones I know, that's the only one I know for a fact. I've heard that constantly over the years. Well, and you know what sucks about that is um, the girl in Remington still was offered the uh, lead role in uh, RoboCop. Not RoboCop, but uh, the, the, <laughs> the officer, the, the lady cop. What? <laughs> Yeah, she was offered that part. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Start this over? Okay, so the girl in Remington Steel 
Okay. It worked. Opposite of Pierce Brosnan. Sure. You know, Pierce, Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan was offered James Bond. She was offered the lead female role in uh, RoboCop. And um, she had to turn it down because they renewed Remington Steel on NBC. And then it went for like two or three episodes and it got canceled. Oh, okay. I see. So it, it like screwed two actors out of franchise roles. Oh, that sucks. That does suck. And and that I'll, now again something else. I need to be writing stuff down at this point. Something else interesting. Then I I wonder did Pierce Brosnan turn it down for the first season of Remington Steel or the second season that was short? Like yeah. Yeah. It was it was the uh, like it was already a thing. Um, yeah, it, it ran for several years. Oh, did it? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought the way you said it. Okay. So but, much to look up. But yeah, and they weren't. Um, I, I don't think like the Bond people were interested in him being Bond and Remington Steele because that would be weird because they were kind of similar. Yeah, I, that sounds. That does sound right. That sounds like a right thing to say. Good right yeah. thing to say, Jordan. Thank yeah. you. All right, guys. Well, th- Sergio, unless you have a real, you know, attachment to it, I think we're going to skip the kills and tropes section this week with our guests. No, we have we have to do kills. We've done kills every time. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I can make it brief. If you could. Uh, d- d- despite his license to kill, he didn't kill that many people this time around. I counted four. Uh, when I checked the website, it was five. He killed five. Wow, that really. I wonder, is that the lowest? I don't think um, it's the lowest, but that's pretty low for sure. No, it's not the lowest. Uh, the lowest is Man with a Golden Gun. He killed one person. Oh, he killed the right person. <laughs> yeah, he killed the man with the golden gun. <laughs> he killed, yeah, I guess so. All right, well, Jordan, our fourth section is going to be rankings. Uh, do you want this honor to do this, or do you, would you like Sergio or I to take it over, take it from here? Um, y'all can take it from here. Like y'all did that on the last one, and I can just kind of give my thoughts. But okay. um, oh, do okay. we want Jordan to be the tiebreaker? Actually, actually, since since Jordan's here and we're in charge, uh, I feel like we should get him to read the list we have so far. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm dropping it into the chat. Okay. okay. There are no numbers next to that, but for okay, your eyes so, only. So coming in last place is Skyfall. That's, that's a weird incorrect. Thing. You're you're the reading from the wrong round. Okay, so um, for your eyes only, uh, and then going backwards uh, from Russia with Love, Doctor No, The Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, mm-hmm. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Quantum of Solace, Thunderball, Die Another Day, Diamonds Are Forever. The world is not enough. Live and let die. The living daylights. Tomorrow never dies. License to kill. Goldfinger and our top five. Number five, Casino Royale. Number four, You Only Live Twice. Number three, uh, Goldeneye. Number two, The Man with a Golden Gun. Oh, I'm so happy to see that there. And number one, <laughs> I spoiled it, but Skyfall. That is correct. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you, host man. Where where does this go? Where does this go? Uh, this goes 
above Octopussy and below Tomorrow Never Dies. Wait, where was Octopussy? Did I delete something here? Octopussy was number nine. Oh, I didn't even see Octopussy. Well, then what happened to my fucking list here? Uh, (laughs) Are we having technical difficulties? Yeah. I see Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for some reason, I didn't have Octopussy on my list. Oh. Okay, so Octopussy is... Number nine, after Tomorrow Never Dies and before The Living Daylights. Okay. Um, let's see. Octopussy, number nine. Yeah, and Living Daylights is number ten. And you're saying it goes above Octopussy or below Octopussy? Above. Hmm. Do you want to go ahead and hear my argument? Yes, please. Uh, a view to a kill the song. <laughs> Versus every one of these movies below from Octopussy down. Uh, I see that Live and Let Die is in there, but I think A View to a Kill is better than Live and Let Die. I don't know if it the is. The song. The song. Oh well, yeah. Okay. Okay. We're not. It, it, this is a but, ranking of the movies. So I know. But my yes. argument is standing on Duran Duran's A View to a Kill right now. And and while that is a fantastic leg to stand on, it can't be the only <laughs> leg you have. So it, it is until I'm getting pushed back. Mm. So much of this movie is forgettable. That song, though. Actually, you're not... The, Ignoring your your ludicrous <laughs> justification, looking at this list, I don't think it goes much farther down than that. I don't think it does either. Like in in all seriousness, yeah, I don't think it goes much further than that either. In turn, if if I'm really trying to pr- compare quality, yeah, on top of the song, yeah, it's it's not that far. It doesn't go that much further down either. Like where do we where do we say the the line was? Diamonds are forever. Like below Diamonds Are Forever, that starts getting into like negatives. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's equal to or above Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's basically the live and let die yeah. line, where everything from there up yeah, is considered so, good. Yeah. So like up to Skyfall, it's like ten, and down to the bottom of the list, it's negative ten or yeah. something like that. And Diamonds Are Forever is zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um Given I'm, I'm, my I, I'm oh, go ahead. No, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. Given my ludicrous stance of how strong I think this one leg is, I mean, I'm happy anywhere from above Diamonds Are Forever and below Tomorrow Never Dies. You know here's, what? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jordy. Here's the only thing I'm going to ask. Is it better than The Living Daylights? Have you – I'm sorry. Have you heard the intro song to this movie? I have. It's Do a good intro it? song. Uh-huh. It's a really good intro song. Yeah. 
How about we put it between the Living Daylights and Live and Let Die? What? Okay. What? Give me your. I want to hear. Since we had never heard him on it, what were your? What are your thoughts on that then, Jordan? Saying that Living Daylights is better than A View to a Kill or not? I think it is better than A View to a Kill. And I guess I'd need to see it again. I the the little I can say offhand is I at least feel like the characters are memorable in in A View to a Kill. Yeah, and but my big thing is I just don't know how I just don't think Roger Moore gives a shit in this movie. Which one does he give a shit? <laughs> Dude, and so many. Like even Moonraker he gives a shit. Oh man, I don't know about that. Oh my god. Like I I'd give you Live and Let Die, and The Man with the Golden Gun. I think he gives a shit in both of those. Yeah. I don't know about Moonraker. and Look, man, it's James Bond in space, damn it. What <laughs> do you mean? No, I'm saying he's having fun with it. He's liking like I feel like he did yeah. not even want to be there for this movie. And he wasn't there for most of the action scene. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. All right. I could, but oh, that's just my two cents. Yeah. And y'all know I'm a Timothy Dalton fanboy, so. <laughs> well, Sergio, what, what do you think? Uh, look, my argument's not going too far. It, this one has some memorable villains, good or bad. They're memorable. Yeah. Uh, it has a somewhat interesting plot with the whole microchip scandal thing, whatever he's trying to do, albeit a little reminiscent of Goldfinger. Um, everything else is fine or worse, but, uh, View to a Kill by Duran Duran is pretty fucking good. <laughs> so, uh, Jordy does bring up a good point. It's not better than The Living Daylights. Okay. Right, um. So right below Living Daylights then, all right. Um, is it better than Live and Let Die? I mean, I've written in this moment, I've written it above a Live and Let Die, so I'd like to say that it is. I'm going to say, as a movie, it's probably not. But it's like it's one of those things where it's worse than the sum of its parts. Because there's a lot of really cool and awesome things about this movie, but as a whole, I couldn't give a shit. Yeah. And I would want to point at the the thing I'll very easily point at in Live and Let Die is the black exploitation. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Where does that does where that does that really into its ranking? I mean it factored a little bit, I would think. I, I'd have to go back and listen to it, but I'm sure it factored a little bit. Yeah. So okay, let's say let's say it's yeah, it's let's make it the new number eleven between the living daylights and live and let die. Live and let live, live and let die. Well, do did you do you really feel like it? Because I don't want you just to agree for the sake of it. Do do you actually think Live and Let Die is a little worse? Because this it, is not me saying I dislike Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die as a movie is more memorable than this, but I don't think it has as many cool things. And that is that more important? You lo- you want the substance? I'm sorry, you. You want the surface, not the substance? Typically, I want the substance, but the surface here is is fun enough for me to put it above Live and Let Die. Oh, see, I'm going the other way of it. You you like Fast and Furious, not Inception. But I like them both, Reed. I, I know, but that's, why I'm, that's how I'm <laughs> framing you right now. Yeah. Um, 
I'm perfectly fine with that because my my bias is gonna show really easy. It's 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 really is the song like the characters like I said are good enough. I like walking. I like Grace Jones as these yeah. characters. They're fun and entertaining, and the song is just fuck just real fucking good. It's really great. Yeah. And the rest of the movie's tolerable to me. Like the only I think the only scene I thought was kind of boring or worthless was maybe when Bond and Sutton get together and they're just kind of sitting in that empty house. They're kind of giving some backstory on her. Then they go to the town hall and they start digging through files. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing right now? What is this movie? <laughs> and then the it's kind of that whole part, actually, from then the fire in the elevator while kind of interesting, Sutton becomes this mindless damsel in distress, screaming twit, and fire is no longer real anymore in these mo- in the movie. And then the whole fire truck scene is, I'm sorry, it's not Fast and Furious enough to me. It's it, sorry, it's it's, it's just it's, dumb. It's fu- it's fucking great. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, greetings to Caleb. What the hell? Co- come sorry, back, but- come back. <laughs> I'm gonna say Live and Let Die is better. Cause Jordan, what do you what do you think? Yeah. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I definitely think it's better. Okay. Live, and let, live and Let Die is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, guest. Guest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying, stating my opinion, but yeah, I think it's better. Um, All right. All right. Well, we'll put it at number. So, a view to a kill is number twelve. Woohoo! Like both of the, both of these movies, Let Them Let Die and A View to a Kill, have fantastic theme songs and probably the hottest Bond girls. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't. I, I, I mean, Domino, Domino, wasn't that her name in Live and Let Die? The tarot girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's hot for sure. Yeah, she's yeah. Attra- was attractive, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, there's been so many. Yeah, that, there, was, that was Jane Seymour, so. Uh, I don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what well, seems like we have our place right now. So it seems like A View to a Kill is just under Live and Let Die and just above The World is Not Enough. So, you know, somewhere kind of a little above the middle. Mm-hmm. It's above our zero point, which is Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> All right, well, fellas, any any last words or final thoughts or anything? No, I think I'm spent on this one. Uh, Jordy? No, uh, I think we covered it all. All right. Jordan, do you do you have a plug-in? Do, um, do you have those two- or three-pronged ports? Do I have a plug? What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> plug-in, you know? You got the ones with the... <laughs> It's got the two little metal brackets. Yeah, that go yeah I do. Got the one with the three. I do. Metal points to go into the wall. That one. Yeah, I've got a plug in. All right, go for it, sir. Well, actually, no, I don't have a real plug, but um, I'm working on it because Sergio will always ask me this, and mm-hmm. I always have to say no, and I always feel like a, a complete failure for saying no. So I've got something in the works, but. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully I can uh, share it at the next one. 
if I'm invited on again. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this very special occasion. Jordan, thank you for taking the time out of your busy adult life and helping me and Sergio talk about some uh, old-ass Bond movie. Anytime. And if you guys get a chance, as always, listen to Give Shellheads a Listen To with Sergio and Jeff Hubbard, where they talk about TMNT. Maybe they'll talk about that Revenge of the Shredder game soon. That would be neat. Or or that All-Star Brawl game. That'd be really neat. We've uh, we've covered both of those in our news section. Hey, look at that. I've, it's like I've listened to your show. Also, if you get a <laughs> chance, listen to The Dead Scene Kids with Mr. Alden. And last but never least, and as always, thank you very much. And give some listening to Clarence Brown and the Discussing Network and everything those guys do. And again, as always, you're all very pretty. And we're so thankful that you came by and listened to all this nonsense. Have a wonderful day. Thankfully, it's 2021, ladies and gentlemen, and Sergio can add this in later in post. We forgot to mention, or I forgot to mention since it's my responsibility, that the next movie we're going to watch is going to be Spectre, the last James Bond, Daniel Craig movie that came out before No Time to Die. And then that'll be uh, that'll be the last Daniel Craig James Bond movie that came to come out, presumably, unless they just give him another large sum of money with another digit. So be on the lookout for that, and it'll be another special edition where we might, if we're lucky, get a special guest. So stay tuned. Thanks so much, and stay pretty, friends. Debriefing and cocktail. You are listening to Keep the Hip, Do Not, and Break Up Rock. For adventure. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at discussingwho.com. <laughs>